0: Well, thanks for coming, guys. Um, yeah, today I'm just going to be talking about this whole transition um, from structured school life to the endless possibilities after school. Um, and just a little point I want to make is that when, we're, when I'm talking about uh, uni, you can just substitute uh, whatever you're planning to do, whether that be um, just normal work or TAFE or uh, anything like that. Um, and I've also invited Ryan and then Anna and Peter are going to rock up um, a little bit later um, just to do a little panel for questioning. So if anyone um, wants to ask any questions at the end, then yeah, you're more than welcome. Uh, But before I start, I thought that because um, I'm going to be sharing a lot from my own experiences, um, it might be good to see a little bit from where I'm coming from. So I finished year 12 in 2013. Um, I went away on holidays with my family um, to the U.S., and then I came back here, and I had no idea what I wanted to do in terms of um, university or work. And but I had to make a decision, so I decided to do an arts degree. But if any of you um, are in uni at the moment, you'll know that an arts degree is not really full-time uni. It's like two or three days a week. Um, so on top of that, I also did an internship um, with Soul Survivor, which is what Nick is doing this year. Um, and yeah, that was really good. And then the beginning of last year, I transferred into um, arts law, um, which is what I'm doing now, so in third year uni. And yeah, hopefully I can just um, give you a little insight into what I found is helpful um, in approaching uni life. But first, can I just get a show of hands, those who are in school or in uni. So those who are in school, still. And then those who are in uni. Alright, cool. Um, So I feel this whole topic is very interesting and very valuable to talk about um, because I know a couple of years ago when I was starting out in uni I'd heard a lot about um, the fact that uni was different to school but no one would give me that much guidance in terms of what that actually looked like. Um, So hopefully I can just give you a little bit of insight into what that um, looked like for me. But then more than that, um, maybe give you a bit of insight into what it looks like to be a Christian um, at uni and what it means to develop a Christian worldview when those around you might not have uh, that same view. So I'm talk- going to talk about three things. Firstly, maximizing your time at uni um, and what that looks like. Uh, what happens when we have no idea what we want to do uh, with our lives. And I want to look at what it means to develop yeah, that Christian worldview. Um, at uni. But before I start, I just want to look at a little a little kind of revelation, I guess, I had when I was eight years old. Um, and when I was eight, I was a pretty quiet kid. I didn't talk to many people. I was more interested in sport, and digging holes in the backyard. But a lot of people said that I thought too much for an eight-year-old, and you probably see why. Um, one time I came up to my dad with a deeply concerned look on my face, and I said, the world just goes down here from here, doesn't it, Dad? And I was like, you, you start off and life's, life's going swimmingly. You're, um, you're a baby and you cry and you get food and you cry and you get water and then you sleep and that's pretty much your existence. And then suddenly you're thrust into kindergarten where you've got three or four days a, a week in a classroom where people are telling you what to do um, and how to live your life, which I hated. And then you go to school and that's five days a week now and there's rules and um, all sorts of checks and balances in place so that you don't do anything wrong. And then you get to high school and it gets even worse because then you've got not only school but you have to study for assignments um, and you've got to do homework and suddenly school's following you everywhere. And then you rock up to uni and you're expected to both study and do um, work to get an income and you're at uni for a degree to get a job where you work 40 hours a week, 5 days a week for 4 weeks holidays a year also you can save all this money to get to 60 or 70 when you retire you have all this money and you can't spend it on anything because you're too old to do half the things you were when you were 20 and then you die and that was kind of like my summation of life um, as an 8 year old and I know that, it was, that sounds like slightly depressing, and it, and it is. Um, but when I look back on that, I think that it wasn't that far from the truth for a lot of people. Um, we get on this treadmill or we become part of the rat race, as people um, like to call it. And we as humans in the 21st century seem to be crippled by this futuristic mindset that just says, I'll just get through this stage or this part of my life, and then life will be better. Um, life won't have the same problems, or the phrase, change is as good as a holiday, um, and we don't really live in the moment. People are always about finishing their HSC so that then they can really hang out with friends, or um, get enough money, and then they'll think about being generous um, towards what uh, God wants them to be generous towards. Or once my kids are old enough, then I'll think about um, living out my calling for the church. And it's kind of always this futuristic mindset um, where we never quite live in the present. And I think the whole thing is absolutely destructive and it's crippling um, the 21st century um, civilization, basically. Because it robs us of the present, of enjoying what God has for us now, of the opportunities that exist right in front of us. Um, I like to think of it as if we have this enormous chocolate cake and... We're so concerned about the future and what the future entails that we only eat uh, the little berries on the side that were decoration and we, ni- we miss the whole thing. But if we take um, this, this life, um, this uni life, seriously, it's actually not, um, not like that. Most people, when they get to uni, they're always thinking about the fact that um, uni is a place where you get a job. Uh, uni is a transition phase. Uni is a stepping stone, um, and I don't think it has to be like that. I think we can actually take uni as a special thing, an important thing in and of itself. A time where we have new opportunities, uh, a new time um, to develop new friends, um, yeah, a new social um, group, I guess. Because if we take this uni period um, for what it is, it's actually a really enjoyable time. We Only go there, maybe two or three days a week, depending on your degree. Um, We have all these fresh opportunities. Um, We're not working like the five or six days a week that we will be later. And we have a lot of time to explore our options. So what am I saying in all this? I'm saying when you leave school, live for the present and live for each day. Don't be crippled by a mindset that always looks forward, waiting or worrying about something in the future. Jesus said pretty clearly in Matthew's Gospel, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Instead, consider Psalm 118.24, which says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, And in uni, no one, except for maybe an overprotective mum, is going to tell you how to live your life. It's up to you to adopt a mindset that really takes each day um, and lives fully in the moment. There will be no immediate punishment um, for not doing assignments, for not turning up to uni, um, for not getting out of bed, or for missing a chance to engage in the world around you. It's all up to you and the perspective that you take. You can kind of scrape through this period in your life, um, take it really easy, um, and kind of wait for, for a time when you're doing a job that you enjoy, or you can really take life by the horns now um, and be intentional about prioritising what is important to you. Um, But let me warn you, from experience, it will be easier not to do this. Uh, It'll be easier to relax, easier to be comfortable, easier to dismiss opportunities. It's in our nature not to push ourselves. Um, It's what happens, I think, when our survival instinct begins to kill the life inside of us. In Ephesians 515 to 16, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Uh, what the Bible is saying is, it's saying be intentional. Maximise the opportunities now. Um, but don't expect this to be easy because the world is fallen. So that's kind of point number one, uh, is live in the present. Um, and don't wait for something in the future because what is most important is now and be intentional about adopting a positive mindset um, and be self-motivated because no one's gonna motivate you for you so the second thing that I want to look at is that question of what am I going to do with my life and this is a question that I face time and time again um, in that kind of first year out of, out of school and I think the first thing to recognise is that whatever decision you make straight out of school, it will not define your life. Um, the idea that we make a decision after school about what to do with our lives and that kind of defines the next 60 years of our life is outdated. Um, that's, that's not what the 21st century is about. We all know those statistics that say that you know, we, we'll do 15 to 20 jobs during our, our life um, or the fact that um, in 50 years' time, half the jobs that are around today won't exist. Um, so, importantly, um, though, if we're, if we're taking this mindset of, you know, this is just going to define our life in the next 60 years, then we, we actually rob God of having control over our lives, um, of letting Him be the leader, um, and uh, of letting Him guide us. Sometimes I think God places us in that area of uncertainty, um, so that we have to rely on him and to really trust him with our lives. In Luke 12 it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or about your body, what you'll wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. And I think importantly, we need, to, we need to know and believe that God has what's best for us um, when we give our lives to Him, when we give our futures to Him, when we give um, our career options to Him. He is the one that commands our desti- destiny. Um, it's not us. But in saying that, I don't believe that God will always write a message, like big in the sky, about what to do with your life um, or what next, your, what next step um, you should take after school. And I think this is where it gets hard and tricky because I've come to a place, and I know a lot of other people come to a place where they, they do give over their careers and their lives to God, um, but then they're stuck because nothing jumps out at them. Um, God doesn't seem to write um, a personalised letter with a signature on a detailing our life plan. It just doesn't seem to happen that way. But I personally believe that sometimes in life there is no right or wrong decision, but it may be wrong to make no decision at all. Um, As the famous saying goes, a ship in the harbour is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. Um, And taking that analogy one step further, if a ship does not hoist its sail, it will go nowhere, um, good or bad. If the captain of that ship chooses to hoist that sail, um, and let the wind have a chance to blow it in a, in a certain direction, then it will move. Um, it will go somewhere. And it's the same with us. Sometimes once we take a step in a certain direction, um, and we get, when we get the ball rolling, so to speak, then is then that God chooses to use us. But we need to give him the chance in the first place. It is unlikely he will use someone that is standing still. Or well, at least that's, that's been my experience. Um, So for me, as I said, when I got out of school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I kind of was really scared of making the wrong decision uh, before God, and and it came to a point where I just had to go, you know what, I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to do an arts degree, even if for me that didn't sound like the perfect option. Um, But I've seen that in making that initial decision, um, things have come out of that. God has narrowed down uh, what He wants for my life. Um, I've seen kind of opportunities come out of that and like I did the internship with Soul Survivor and I felt like that itself was just a product of me starting to think about, um, what I wanted to do for the next couple of years, but it was about me making that first decision, um, and, and giving God access, uh, to work in my life. And saying what i said about making a decision is still useful or helpful to have some sort of guidance on what each individual should pursue. Once we have the right mindset of committing our future to God and actively pursuing that, uh, it's still helpful then to consider who we are and what we have to offer the world. And an awesome guy um, who talks about this is Ralph Waldo Emerson, which I reckon is just a sick name um, besides anything. But... He says, insist on yourself, never imitate, your own gift you can present every moment uh, with the cumulative force of a whole life's cultivation, but the adopted talent of another you have only an extemporaneous half-possession, that which each can do best, none but his maker can teach him. And I know it's a bit wordy, so I'll say it again, insist on yourself, never imitate, Your own gift you can present every moment with the cumulative force of a whole life's cultivation, but the adopted talent of another you have only an extemporaneous half-possession. That which each can do best, none but his maker can teach him. And what's he saying? He's saying, you are your own person. No one can do your life better than you. In all that you do, be you. Um, It might sound obvious, but I think it's quite powerful. So when figuring out what to do in this next season of life, we need to first figure out who we are. What are our giftings? um, Or as some people say, what makes us tick? uh, And then glorify our God and our Creator with those giftings and with who He has created us to be. But how do we glorify God with our giftings? And what does that look like? Well, the answer, I think, can actually be uh, quite simple. Make what ought to be a reality. Make what ought to be a reality. Or said it another way, see what is broken in the world and then see to improving it. And Stanley wrote, visions are born in the soul of a man or woman who is consumed with the tension between what is and what could be. I think everyone here would agree that we want to be people of action, we want to be people who change the world in some way, um, even if it's a small way, um, for, for God. And sometimes our calling, if you want to call it that, pardon the pun, is no more complicated than working out who we are and our God-given gifts and then applying that to a world of brokenness. So that's kind of the point number two. Um, Make sure we we first give God control of our lives, um, and then think about what what are the gifts that God has given us. Um, who are we, and then make a decision. Just make a decision and let God use that decision over time. Um, the last kind of thing I want to look at, I guess, is that big question of who am I, or what is my identity, or what is my purpose. Um, in life. And something I touched on just before or just more at the beginning I guess, is that no one is going to tell you how to live your life. No one is going to tell you who you are. Um, But I want to backtrack slightly on that because it's not entirely true. Because we as humans are often prone to living on our default settings. Um, And Let me explain that. We surround ourselves with certain types of people Um, We grow up in certain types of families. We live in certain subcultures and we live a certain lifestyle. And if we don't consciously choose, then these things, these people will dictate who we are and how we live. We resort comfortably back to our default settings, um, our kind of core influences on our life. And for me, that wasn't something that I had thought much about when I was at school, because school has a way of ordering um, your thinking, of telling you what to think and how to behave um, and how to live your life. And then suddenly you get to uni and everything is stripped back and none of that really exists anymore. Um, and you come to this place of not having really any boundaries, but at the same time almost not having a foundation either. And you may start to ask these questions of who am I, you know, what is my pers- purpose in life um, and what is my identity? And at this point, I want to turn to an old friend of mine. Um, well, he's not really a friend. I've never met him, and he's actually dead. Um, but his name is David Foster Wallace. And he actually wasn't a Christian. Um, but he had some important things to say on how yeah. we as humans operate. So I'll just play like a clip from it now and wait for the
1: You get to consciously decide what has meaning and what doesn't. You get to decide what to worship. Because here's something else that's weird but true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship, and the compelling reason From maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, be it JC or Allah, be it Yahweh or the Wiccan Mother Goddess or the Four Noble Truths or some inviolable set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally point you. On one level, we all know this stuff already. It's been codified as myths, proverbs, cliches, epigrams, parables, the skeleton of every great story. The whole trick is keeping the truth up front in daily consciousness. Worship power you will end up feeling weak and afraid, and you will need ever more power over others to numb you to your own fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. Look, the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful, it is that they are unconscious. They are default settings. They're the kind of worship you just gradually slip into, day after day getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being fully aware that that's what you're doing.
0: So, I believe that guy's awesome. And I think if you have more time and you like what he says, then um, of course, go and look at the whole video because it's all brilliant. Um, But something he looks at is this concept of um, worship. And you might think it's, it's not quite worshipping um, if we, if we kind of love sport or if we dedicate all our time um, to how we look or if we dedicate all our time um, to our social status. But what he's saying is that um, when we do this, we give all our attention to this thing. This thing takes number one priority um, and receives all our attention and respect. And that, that is worship. Um, that's what worship is. It's reverent honor towards something. And we do that. We, we, in our life, we place things as being number one in our lives. And when you turn um, or leave, leave school, as, as it were, and go to uni or to TAFE um, or whatever it is that you end up doing after school, everyone will be worshipping something. There will be those who define themselves by their academic achievements. Um, there will be those who define themselves by their political standing. I know on the first day when I rocked up to uni, um, everyone had like communist posters or capitalist posters or the fact that we shouldn't be even bothering with any politics at all and we should go back to subsistence farming and have no government. Um, and they get really in your face about it and say that the world is, is deluded, um, but that's another story. Anyway, then there will be those that define themselves by their sexuality. Um, and then there will be those that define themselves by their social standing, by the friends they have, um, and that is where they tap meaning. And what I'm saying is, don't let any atheist at uni, because they probably will, tell you that worship is wrong, or that's stupid, or that it's illegitimate. Um, Because everyone is worshipping something. We as humans were born to worship, and it's how we were designed. So what do we make of this? What do we do with all this? I I think the answer is actually quite simple. We choose. We choose what we worship. We make sure that we are not dictated to by the world, by our influences we make a conscious decision about what to worship. And as Christians, we are encouraged um, to choose the Holy Spirit. In Romans, uh, there is that famous passage in Romans 12, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And in a way, Paul is saying the very same thing this guy and what I'm saying is don't live on your default setting um, or by what your friends think or by um, what your family tells you to think. These are the patterns of this world um, that we've made our default sittings, just settings. Rather choose this day whom you will serve um, and let God's Holy Spirit further that process. And I think, or well, I believe anyway, that we as Christians um, have a leg up or a head start at uni or um, our workplace or TAFE or whatever it may be Because we can answer that question um, of who do we worship, of um, who we actually are, what is our identity, by simply saying, I am a follower of Christ. He is deserving of my worship. Um, And another point to kind of add to that is that at school, you may or may not have been prosecuted for your faith. Um, You may have been seen as boring, or you may have been seen as someone um, who didn't The guy who didn't go out every Saturday night night and get smashed. Or the guy who didn't swear. I remember being the only guy who didn't swear in my soccer team. And one time they just yelled out at me, Why don't you swear? And I just was like, Well, I don't. Um, But when you go to uni, the assault on your faith will be completely different. Um, At a time when you'll question your faith more than ever, actually, non-Christians will intellectualise their disdain and their dislike for God. What do I mean by this? They will prove to you why God is not real. Uh, lecturers will openly ridicule the concept of a God as scientifically ridiculous. And how do we deal with this? What should our response look like? Well, firstly, we, rem- we need to remember that these same um, people, these, a- these atheists, are worshippers just like us. Uh, they are simply worshipping their intellect and they are worshipping rational thought as the only one true thing that humans can rely on. And Paul said this would happen. Um, he said it in Romans. Chapter 1 verse 25 says, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. Um, and that's exactly what's happened. He was spot on. In the 21st century, uh, the secular world has begun worshipping the things God created, like science, like intelligent design, like reason, like rational thought. These were created things. um, And people have begun worshipping that rather than the Creator Himself. They've substituted it for God. And we shouldn't be surprised when people try and attack us for our faith in God in this way. Um, the Bible says that we'll be prosecuted for our faith, but it's just different. Um, It's the same thing, just rejigged. But each of us has a choice to make still, a real choice. And at uni, there will be a 100 options available to you. Like I said, you can go to uni and so many different avenues or ways of thinking will be presented. But God is still asking the same question. Is saying, choose this day whom you will serve, um, and then it's up to us to actually stick by that choice. Sometimes it's easier to make that initial decision, even our minds right now. Um, that's that can be a simple decision or a likable decision to make. Um, but if it's indeed God who we choose to serve, who we accept as our Lord and Savior, then we need to ask God for the courage to be His witness and ambassadors in our university, in our workplace, um, and make that choice every single day of the week for the rest of our lives. Um, Not just here, or not just at a soul conference, um, but choose what we worship every day. Because every day you'll have a hundred influences on your life or more telling you what to worship. So that's the main point, I think, is that who you worship is a choice. It will always be a choice for you. Um, and everything, everyone is worshipping something. And the question is, who will you worship? So that's basically it. Um, that's kind of all I have to say. But I thought it would be good um, just to have a time where Ryan um, and Peter could just field a couple of questions that any of you guys might have in terms of, um, yeah, uni or not even just uni. Like Ryan, um, he didn't actually, you didn't go to uni, did you? No, he didn't go to uni. Um, So even if you have questions about what life after school looks like in general, I thought it'd be good to have that perspective um, because it's obviously like just as legitimate and so many people do that nowadays. Um, And yeah, just to ask any questions you have of him. And then Peter is in the middle of uni, um, just like I am. So yes, that's it. Um, but yeah, so I will, um, pass around a couple of pieces of paper and then if you guys want to write any questions and then I'll collect them and then we can, we can get cracking.
2: That's my wife, everybody. I don't
3: know. Everyone feels sorry sorry for me now. What was that degree
2: you did? I did correspondence. So, So online? So, So online. No, it wasn't real,
3: that's right. Unlike you, you three days a week and you're full time. I just wanted to clarify before I wrote the question. (laughs) I can
2: can. can pick the primary school teacher out.
4: <laughs> no, like not
0: thing. Do each of you just want to say what you're doing at the moment and what you've done since school? Which is a long time for Peter, but... Yeah, it's
4: been like a whole, what, 18 months? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so i finished school in 2014. I went to a fishing school on the Northern Bridges. Um I did call to leave last year with Soul Survivor. Um, at the same time, I did part-time nursing and then I worked three jobs. Now, <coughs> I'm still working three jobs and I'm um, done, I'm doing full time at doing nursing at yeah.
2: yeah. I finished school in 2006, I went to Oxford Falls Grammar School, which is a nice Christian school, up until 2000, so primary school, then high school at Forest High, which is a bit of a shock, but it's a public school, so it was very eye-opening. A um, year after that, I had a gap year where I just played golf and, um, and worked part-time. So
1: like
2: literally play golf. And, and, and it was good. And then um, after that, I completed like an apprenticeship in golf. So, did be qualified to coach, um, play and work in a pro shop and be able to run a business like that. So, I did that for uh, three years. Um, and then after that, I played golf for three years. <laughs> I just traveled, pretty much traveled the world in Australia and played golf. And then decided that I had a passion for teaching, so put that um, on the sideline and have been coaching. Well, I've been a golf, golf coach and now fitness trainer as well. for Fitness training probably for three months and golf coach for three years. So. Yeah. Sweet. All
0: right, first question. Do you find it hard... This one's at you, Ryan. Do you find it hard to say no to the influence of... Uh, actually it's really not you A beauty life and how do you say no so we're going to forget to Peter you can't talk too
4: it's, <laughs> how do you it's not of exclusive no, um, do I find it hard to say no to yeah people? it's not like the easiest thing in the world because like, it's, it's peer pressure and you've got friends that are that like you're doing life with and they might be going off and doing things that maybe aren't 100% healthy or, or, um, or ne- not necessarily things you agree with. Um, for me, I, from the get-go, my friends who know that I'm a Christian, um, they, I've never really, 90% of the time, people are fine. They, they're they like so accepting and whatever. Um, so I, every now and then I get the odd question, like, oh, why? like, why don't you do that? Um, but it's never it's never really been it was so weird like <laughs> it's, it's not um, and I think sometimes we get scared that um, people like as soon as we say we're a Christian people are going to be like which they're not um, a lot of Australia's population is Christian it's not going to be the first time someone heard. and yes people do sometimes um, challenge you on that and, and make you like um, but, and that's a challenge, and something that um, where we have the opportunity um, to trust God with that, and to trust God for that person, um, and do all those things. So yes, it's hard um, sometimes, but most of the time it's actually fine, um, and we can feel scared, but it's actually okay. And it is okay to say no. It's okay to say no. Um, I've had to do that. I still have friends. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> um, yeah uh, do, you wanna, do you have yeah
2: it is hard, I found it very hard I've, from Oxford Falls to year like, 7, that was a shock for me suddenly people were swearing and then swearing to teachers and I was like wow, this is a different world and then to be kind of going to church and not going to church um, after year you 12 know, and stuff and then having those friends that I leave school with now I've got that independence of what I'm going to do um, my only friends are friends from school, not a Christian school. Uh, probably one mate who's a Christian. And just get stuck in that, I guess, that scene, and for me, who wasn't as strong-willed as I am now, I was like, yeah, i will just go slow. And I didn't appreciate how much the people around you, which is a really good point that Johnny made, which I really strongly feel, I didn't appreciate how much people around me affect what I do. So yeah, I drank too much. I went out and passed. I did all this. and. That went on for quite a few years because when I did my apprenticeship, we go and play tournaments and we go travel to Queensland together or Perth together and it's similar to, like, I guess, the uni life. You're away from that solid foundation of home or Christian friends or church and you're out and then you have a decision to make and I just kind of went with what everyone else did and didn't really say no. I guess I got stuck in that and that's where I got lost. Whereas if I was now for me to go do that, I know I wouldn't do that. You know, I would be able to say no because I have now surrounded myself with a lot of good people and have that, I guess, inner strength to say, hey, no, this is what I believe, this is what I do and yeah, they were all accepting that I was Christian but I didn't really walk walk. I think that's, yeah I kind of was like, yeah, I'm a Christian but it wasn't really showing as well and that's just because I wasn't strong enough to say that around people who I didn't really think would be as accepting, I was kind of went with it so it's a shame I look at it now, but I look at it now and go, wow, this is really good because I can see how much I've grown from that and Passing pass that information to others. Cool. Sure. Alright.
0: Question. Um, when I start uni, do you think it is better to stay with the church you're at or to try um, a new option, like a new church? Um, yeah or is that even bad like is, the, is that even a decision that's necessary to make?
2: I don't, I don't think it is like put it on the side but I don't think it is I've, I was at C3 for years and when I mean I was there for years you know, it was the time I was on and off but I met Hannah and she's part of Ruach and we we're not going to go to separate church so inside to make a decision. And I remember when I first went to write, was like, listen, it's hard, completely different. Like, from C3 to this big, like, there's hundreds of people there and to write, which was like, for me, it was like a small group. And, like, things have my life completely changed for the better, you know, for moving that, because that's what I needed. I needed to be more involved and to be forced to say, hey, this is smaller, more, I guess, um, I guess, you kind of get, I got a bit lost because I wasn't a strong will, so I needed that push to be close to people around me to be like a smaller net. So for me, it was a positive that I changed shirts. I think, did I have to take away the marriage side thing? No, I didn't have to. If I was single and just going to uni, would I have to go to different churches? No, not at all. But uh, that's where God led me, and I'm all the happier and better for it. Yeah. As long as you feel supported where you are, if you're not feeling supported at your
4: church, um, you should be. Because, like I we was saying before, like you can be quite hard, um, and it can be a difficult environment, so you sort of need a place and a bunch of people that you can come back to, you, um, that will keep you accountable, uh, and that will support you, um, and you can support them, share stories, etc. Um, so if you're not feeling supported, maybe that's something to consider. If you're feeling supported and happy and like you're at home at church, just stick around, I reckon.
0: Cool. Do you think it's sometimes healthy to try, um, like a different option, or to just stretch yourself?
4: Yeah, I mean, like going, going to different churches is like really eye-opening. So I've gone to two churches pretty much all the way through high school, um, and i spent at least two years of that scattered church hopping, um, and soul teams as well, which is also... Um, so for me that was really cool, um, to see what other people were up to and how other churches work. Um, challenged me in some areas, grew me in some areas. I think if you've been in one church your whole life it might be worth it. Um, just having a look around. Maybe like grab a couple of mates, um, or if you like having made in a different church, that like, hey, I'm thinking of coming to your service. Um, it is good to get a different perspective, especially when you're at uni and people asking you questions like, Oh, I heard the church does this and you're like, What? Like <laughs> um, Yeah, it's it's
0: stretching, growing and challenging, um, also really fundamental. Um, yeah. Cool. My right, next question is how do you manage a balance between work life, uni life and social life? Good luck with that question. I do not know the answer.
2: Uh, I don't. Um, I think it's a it's a decision that you make. It's 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 like any it's like you structure structuring why do you go to work on a Monday and why do you go to uni on a Tuesday, why do you have hang out with your friends on a Saturday? because you have to go to uni on Monday. You have to go to work on Tuesday, otherwise you don't get to work, and you choose to hang out with your friends on the Saturday. So it's like that, but I think it comes down to structure, and um, I guess a willingness to be organized, and have the intent to go, hey, this is what my week looks like, I and mean, this is, I'm gonna have to, as much as I know I need to go to, go to church and, and work, I know I need balance and see my friends as well, otherwise I'm gonna get burnt out. So it's things like that, and it's a matter of just being conscious about week to week, understanding that things do fluctuate and things have to be able to change in your week. But overall you look at your week and go, Have I had enough time with God? Have I had time to go to work? Well yes, because otherwise you know, I ain't got no money doing this anyway. And then have I gone to uni? Yes. I've I've satisfied that. So I think it's just a matter of being on top of planning and you know, work out how much time you feel content with hanging out with friends and you know one week it might be twice, one it might be once. Who knows? It just, I think the only way to be balanced is to plan, like be conscious of your planning and look at that.
4: And you know your limits? You know what? How you know how you function? Like so for me, for example, I like to be really busy, but I need to be careful. Um, and I am a people person, so I actually like need social interaction, or I just like struggle through life. Um, so I need to when I'm like crazy at uni and stuff, I need to sort of like block out my times with God, nothing touches that time, and if I know something's coming up during that week, it's something to look forward to, um, but I need to be organised so that I can do that event or or whatever, Um, but I am someone that needs to have social times in my world, otherwise I crash. Um, And I know that about myself, so I make sure that I have time for that, Um, but obviously if reading all my uni assessments. That's not ideal. Um, so, yeah, just know how you tick. Um, you guys know yourself best. Um, make sure you're spending time with God. Um,
2: yeah. This is a quick example for you as well. Like, for me, personally, I went to a stage where I felt like I didn't get enough time to hang out with friends or, or just guys, having guy time. And so I committed every Monday night to play touch. And since I've done that, and hang out with guys on Monday night and just run for two hours, hour and a half that we do. Like I've been now content, I've just noticed like for the last six months I've been more content with how my weeks are in terms of that part of my life is now fulfilled. And then I've been committing more time to prayer and that part of my life is more fulfilled. Because fulfilled. So it's very much, you know, work quite a lot and then kind of put everything else aside and i would be fine until the point where I'm like, probably over, going "Wow, out of that. I'm just missing out. So uh, as an example, like for me, I commit Monday nights to touch and then, you know, other times to other things, so... Cool. This
0: might be... When do we finish? Five?
4: got like second.
0: Oh, okay. second or third last question. What was the most difficult, uh, thing about transitioning from school into uni or other, like, for you, golf? was it smooth
2: to <laughs> <laughs> I think the hardest thing for me was going from as I've said before from a Christian school to a non-Christian school and then from finishing school to a place where there's less boundaries again which you can like me personally it's so easy to got lost in that when there are no boundaries and it's like I, I can do whatever I want whenever I want and, and was I living for God no so I guess that's the hardest thing for me to look back on now you know, well at least hey, I've learned from it, but at the same time, well, was it healthy? No, it wasn't healthy. Is it where, how I wanted to be seen in terms of me personally and, and my life? No, it wasn't. I wasn't walking with God because I didn't make those right decisions, because I found it very challenging because I didn't hang out with the right people. So I think that's the hardest thing for me, spending time with God, just the hardest thing because of the choices that I made. Mm-hmm
4: me uh, from a christian school into uni um, and just one of the i mean that's specific but one of the things that um, was most prominent for me was how like huge sex was like that's huge and it's something that um, as christians can often be quite hard because you are just like like you're throwing, for me i was just throwing to this environment and i was like like i didn't think about it it wasn't something i was prepared for um, and seeing other people worship things that are different from what we, from the God that we worship, um, and people worshiping things in the world and all that kind of thing, um, and it was just a real, a real shock to my system. because I was just like, I totally wasn't prepared for it. Um, and like, don't even say people challenge your views. Um, and like, what? You've never like a big deal, (laughs) and you're like, okay. Um, So that was something I found really hard, Um, and I needed to make sure that I kept my eyes up on God um, and didn't fall into um, worshiping things like like sex or like um, people worshiping their academic abilities um, as well, Um, and worshiping themselves and their image, um, and just that that whole idea of being very, very worldly and something that, um, yeah, was just completely different to where my heart and head was at. Um, so I think preparing your heart is really important. Um, and, being close and being close with God and spending time with Him. I've said that a million times, but it's important.
1: Sweet. Right. Yeah. What
0: would be your number one tip? For someone finishing school, entering the big wide world.
2: Skyworth, Eyes Davis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think there's no limit in terms of what you can achieve, but definitely putting God first. From my experiences, I found that I found a limit, and then I put God first, and then the limit that was because so, I really feel like it leads you further and pushes you further than you can imagine. But I guess one thing I'm strong on you probably heard, because every point I've said it, and I just surround yourself with good people. don't have to always hang out with Christian people, but make sure that you're solid with your solid group of friends in rely on are solid Christians, because that is only going to you know, lift you up and take you guys further and further in life in the direction you want to head.
0: Alright, last big bad boy, um, people often say that they don't really see much of their school friends after school, do you think it's a good or a bad thing, um, should we make an effort and keep in contact with them?
4: I think they're dodgy or not, if you like them, keep them. <laughs> <laughs> um. I still keep in touch with my school friends. Yeah, I so I went to like a same small school. There was like ninety seven people in my grade. Obviously don't keep in touch with all of them. Um, but I still keep in touch with my school friends. Um, they are lovely. Uh, we look after each other and it's kind of fun because like we've all gone to different unis and so we kind of come back together and I'm like spot stories and I'm like, oh you done that, like that so weird. Um, and like sharing stories, keeping each other accountable um, and all that kind of thing. Um, my school friends are lovely and they push in and they, um, they support each other and, and that kind of stuff. But it just depends on um, what you think your friends are like. Um, don't ditch them just because like, <laughs> <laughs> <school's over. laughs> you feel like it and school's over. Um, they are friends. Um, like I know so many people that are, still, are like heaps older and like still best mates with their school friends. Um, which is really cool actually. Um, it's something
2: you don't see too often, um, but for me it's important to keep um, a relationship with my school friends and make sure they can help it. Um, it is hard because obviously you're not around each other. I think around the day, every day. Um, but for me it's been worth it. When I first finished school, yeah I did, but now I don't care. <laughs> Straight up <laughs> I just don't don't care and I don't have time. I I figured, don't I don't I'm gonna be honest not being rude, but I finished, I, guess, I finished school 10 years ago and I don't have time to hang out with friends or keep up with friends from school because I found, like I, was, I got married in August of like, a year and a half and I don't even see my groomsmen or my best man anymore. And like thinking about that and I'm thinking, I wish I didn't even have them, I wish I just got married and that was it. Because like for me looking at that and going, you know, I'm, now I'm raiding friends and this and that and everyone's like, oh I'm the best man, yeah, we've been best mates for ages and groomsmen, I always saw them and I was like, oh like my friends I've noticed over the last five years especially have completely changed and I tried to hang on to that and I can look back and I can see those times where I've tried to make an effort try to hang on to those friends and I think oh how good would it be you know you have those friends from school and they're so good now but everyone like, especially after school one thing i found everyone goes like that and goes and separates and some people like you know Peter's obviously got some good friends since she's finished and they keep in contact and some people do like they kind of head on the same direction um, but don't be surprised if you don't and if you don't Talk to them. It's like you don't have to hold on to that because they're your school friends. Like you're gonna have, you know, so many other people.
3: Right. Like, just a, yeah, like, a different experience. A lot of people take a gap year after school, mm. and I, I took a gap year after school, and I think it's really good to do that. But I think there was that same pressure of like, but my school friends, and it's like, I actually don't stay in contact like that close thing with my school friends because I thought school was like, you know, you go to school, you go to school, you go to school. You're all forced to go to school together. You have class together. And I found, like, I had great friendships with them, but it's because I went to school with them. It wasn't because we chose each other and I was like, wow, we we get along so well. So I also had a very similar experience. It's not that I have anything against those people. It's just that I found those people, we went, we all separated. Like, a lot of my friends, maybe one or two, I'll see them and it's like nothing's changed. But it's not like, oh, but we've been friends since kindy, so we have to be best friends for the rest of our life. I think a lot of people feel that pressure of, like, they're my school friends, and, you know, like, it is important to stay in contact with them, but I don't think feeling that pressure of they have to be in my life forever, because like, people come and go, and you go through a season, and like, you meet new people, and you meet, go to a new church, and you invest in different groups, and that's part of life, so I think
4: go with those little experiences. And if you try and hang on to everyone, you're going to endorse yourself. Yeah. And you end up feeling quite lonely, actually, because mm. you're not investing
2: the right relationships with the right people because sort of like um, yeah, yeah. with them um, trained, but, yeah. everyone's different you guys might find you have friends now <laughs> and you'll still be friends in 60 years time but if you're not, don't be like oh wow, yeah, it's like, like it's comp- <laughs> it's completely normal and completely <laughs> healthy to have friends now at school and they have completely different friends, I don't see one of my friends from school anymore I've you, not one. And I'm not faced. I've got better friends now than for the friendship. And what you get out of friendship, I've got far better friends now than what I had when I was this school.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and experience. Um, and before you guys head, can I just pray for us all? Uh, so, Lord, I just thank you um, for each and every one of us. Uh, here, and thank you um, yeah that we can come to this conference um, and, and learn more about you and be, a, be around people um, who also um, want to be connected to you and I pray that as we go out into our own lives um, that you would give us courage um, to be your people and that you would also just um, bless us with your holy Spirit and guide us in the direction. Um, that you choose. Lord. Amen. 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 Good work, Johnny. Mm-hmm.
1: you guys have any more questions Depends. that you didn't ask or so you feel like you want to talk about or ask?